This is the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast. Does it classify you as an adult to own an umbrella? What's the other one you use? Grubhub or something? Grubhub? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not getting it for you. Now he's the yawn guy? This is the BNB Network, and you're listening to the 51st podcast of the Bull Mountain Brothers. Shawnee boy is on. I'm in the hot seat tonight. He's in the hot seat tonight. I'm with running the real Mike. mic. I'm. Ru- <sighs> he had to throw that in there. I'm running. I'm running a lot of stuff right now. I'm doing Ramsey's job. Doing and my job. job. Yeah. I guess I could have come over there and helped you do. I'm in a different there. seat. I feel awkward. I'm gonna be honest. You look awkward. Do I? Yeah. What do I need? Like change my face or what? It's just I'm used you just to being way over there. You just change everything. <laughs> um, Ramsey's not here for the first time in the history of the Bull Mountain Brothers podcast. Um, You're he, missed, Ramsey. He got deported back to Norway. Nor- that was a reach. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I was just trying to say something politically correct. Ramsey is currently going off. In my mock- home state. Yeah, he's going currently going Mach 3 in uh, the... In the great state of California, Matt's homeland, um, <laughs> uh, he is racing actually currently with uh, Jim and Tracy's racing. Is that the name of it? I don't really know. Uh, I don't know what they're. I mean, it's just uh, the race team. I don't know the Jim name. and Tracy's al- uh, alignment. Oh, I'm out of Yeah, that would be yeah. the he. Uh, he's doing his navigational duties, so he has no service where he's at. So no. try calling him, it goes right to voicemail. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he did call my dad last night and updated that they rolled the truck yesterday. Really. So, or today or something. So he said that uh, you're probably going to see footage of it somewhere, um, but just know that I'm okay. <laughs> a little sore? I have no idea. I haven't talked yeah, about it. Yeah, the problem was when I showed up here tonight to get get all this set up. The problem I had was was I didn't know what Ramsey's pin to his computer was. <laughs> and so I was calling and calling and calling him, but it, right, was Riley... It wor- worst case scenario when you finally typed it in there? No, Riley guessed it, which I I kind of figured it was that, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, because for some reason we used the same pin, I guess. Yeah, I think he set up my Microsoft account, so yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of weird, you know. Ramsey has been the the constant uh for the last year. Matt's missed some time. I've missed some time. I think you've only missed one. I've missed one. Yeah. It was uh your wedding week. Maybe? I, no, I was honeymoon. in a honeymoon. I was in Cabo. Oh yeah, yeah. Cabo San Lucas. I was straight pina coladas and sushi for a week. Yeah, now you're, now you're uh, Coors Light and... I finished that sentence. Taking out the tra- <laughs> <laughs> and taking out the trash every day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. So what have you guys been up to? Matt has been gone for... Just a week. Just a week. But it feels like where you were at, we had little little communication, so... It feels like you've been gone longer. You just what have you been up to? Just hauling cows. I think last week I was in uh I was all over the place, Texas, Iowa, Georgia, Wyoming. How many miles did you drive? Almost thirteen thousand miles in eight days. I'm happy. Happy to not do that. It's a lot of windshield time, man. Did you watch any movies in the truck? I mean, uh, no. what after you were driving? Huh? How many how many hours did you sleep in a sli- in the sleeper? Like the entire well, time? the legal amount that I had to the eleven driving and the ten. Oh, sleeper. there is there is a legal amount. I, I had didn't, no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. That's a might have 
might have fudged on my books, but you never know. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. No. No, what, once you're loaded, they can't stop you. As long as the cattle aren't in the trailer for more than 28 hours, they cannot stop you once you're loaded. So what, what if you got to drive more than 28 hours? You got to like stop and let them stop out? Let them out, yeah. That's why. Where I, the hell do you let them? Is that why like, like when, when I have a trucker come into the shop and they're like, we don't open till 830 and they're just like up your ass? Yeah. Because they, they want to leave? Yeah, because they have so many hours that they can drive on their ELD. Mm. Yeah, I always tell them to get fucked. Jeez. We open when we open. So is there like... I'm sorry to, to say that to your brethren, but... Is there like places where you're like able to let them out? Yeah, if you get in a bind like that, usually you'll find a sales barn. Okay. I guess I never thought about that. You have cows and you can't just like walk them like a dog. <laughs> Put a collar on them and let them go? <laughs> you kind of just frowned upon. <laughs> oh, there's just Matt walking his cows again. <laughs> um... Well, it's good to have you back. Um, I know. I mean, Matt's been working a lot, which is a bummer. But I know Riley's been up to some pretty. I mean, that had to have been your first serious tournament experience, correct? Yeah. Did we did we even mention that I was going to do that before? Today? I don't think we did. Um. Well, actually, a couple of us were going to do it, and then Ramsey ended up getting doing his deal, and then. Sean had some things come up. So just my dad and I went and entered, entered in uh, the first ice fishing tournament of the year. Um, and it was my first, I would say, the first thing I would say about it was my first trout tournament because uh, we've done some walleye tournaments. Huh? When was this? Uh, Saturday, last Saturday. Yeah. Um, and actually, kind of funny story about it was Thursday rolled around and everyone kind of started bailing because... Uh, Friend of the podcast, Josh, was going to come with us, too. Um, and he had something come up. So, like, everyone bailed, and it was just me and Dad. And so, we were like, well, there's a Ducks Unlimited thing. And then my buddy, Alex, invited us to a Pike Masters banquet. And so, we were like, well, let's just go to do all these banquets and not do the tournament, which I was, like, kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, he saves money. and But not really, because you probably go spend $150 at the <laughs> banquet. But I call Pike Masters, and they're like, yeah, our tickets are sold out. And I was just like, well, that's kind of like a, like a, like that kind of decides what I'm doing. Was that one at a big venue? Yeah, it was at, uh, uh, what's the place down by my work? The, oh, the, the hotel and convention yeah, center. That was, it was there. Yeah. Yeah. That's where they used to do all the Ducks Unlimited. Ducks Unlimited is really, I mean, they're still doing great, amazing things and progressing. But as far as like our chapter, they're used, the Ducks Unlimited banquet and, uh, in Billings, Montana, used to be huge. Like the hard one was huge too, and now it's just like they just going keep, down every year. It's like less less square footage every single year. That's so. Where was DU then? Um, some Columbia, Columbia something, some like uh, Knights of Columbus or something like that. So my thing was, which I kind of is a bummer that we didn't ask Bruce about when he was on, but I like. I've only been to one DU banquet before, and I just wanted to know what the average turnout is per region, you know? Well, I would say back when I first started going to them um, when I was a kid, because my dad's, uh, well, I guess it's my, I work for the guy now, but the boss of, uh, the owner of the place that we work for used to get, would pay for the, you could buy tables. You still can. Uh, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, Trapper Dave does that too. He buys a table and all the all our lease guys come in. Yeah. So you get a table and then... And then there's um, a gun on the table. And and so it was really cool 
Uh, and like back then, man, you'd get served like they would serve you three course meals. Did, did you? Did that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still do. It's just a little. Uh, I think the quality. I just don't think you can get, get the catering that you used to get. Well, and I think that there used to be just tons of money sent towards. Yeah. Like and and so <laughs> you it would when I I remember the first one I went to it was it was gigantic. Like I would say there was I mean, what I say with two hundred fifty people would be not in the realm of possibility. Oh, what, just a hardened chapter. We had like fifteen hundred people show up. Okay, yeah, at yeah. DU. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it was incredible. And now I would say, I mean, but but the thing is, is what I think really changed a lot of things is uh, online stuff happening more, because what Ducks Unlimited does now is you don't even have to show up to these. You can buy the tickets for the guns and stuff online, and then they'll just call you if you won. Did you guys see that chess game I have? The Ducks Unlimited chess game. Is it? It's in the gun room, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a story behind that. So we went there, and of course, you pay like $15 for a Bud Light glass, and it's all the Bud Light you can drink. So Matt might have had more than one. And there's a picture up there, and it's got all the dogs with a duck in their mouth. And I'm like, oh, that'd be so awesome for the lodge. And I'm sitting there with Harry Allen from the ranch, and he's like, keep bidding, keep bidding. Bid this thing up to like 1500 bucks. I'm like, he's like, you won that, you won it. I'm like, yes. Well, I won that goddamn chess game. You were riding on the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> and Harry knew it the whole time, and he bought that goddamn picture for like $175. That's great. I'm glad he did that to you. Oh. I, I had a similar experience at, uh, they call it Giggles and Grub. It's a like a shepherd FFA thing that they do. Um, and it was like it, a buddy of mine that I, uh, we're in the same industry and stuff, he... Uh, his son was all of it. Both of his kids are, are shepherd kids and FFA stuff. And so he invited us to that and he bought a couple tables last year. And, um, at my table, I actually, so my fiance at the time, my wife now was out of town for basketball and he needed to bring a date. And so I brought our previous Turkey winner, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan Miller, to the, to the, uh, the, the banquet. And, Basically, what it was, it was silent auction, um, and then they had some live auction stuff they were, they were giving off. But and the big one was a shotgun raffle, and it was all shot like shotgun shells. Then you write your name and info on. And I remember I got there, I spent like two hundred bucks on tickets right away. <laughs> Wrote a check, and I was just going around feeding tickets in all the pots that I wanted. And I get to the shotgun section and Dylan was busy at the time getting a drink or something. And I was like, give me, give me your 20 bucks. I'll put it in and, uh, you know, I'll write your name on the stuff. So I put his 20 in first, grab the shotgun shell, write his name, all of his info on there, put my 20 in, do the same thing. They get to the silent auction and live auction and the, the gun raffle. Everybody at my table has won something. Dylan included one a uh, awesome like uh like a eight by ten elk canvas painting. It was mm. it was I mean it was there was a photo, but it was awesome and like everybody else at the table won a bunch of stuff. I hadn't won anything yet, and they get to the shotgun raffle. They pull fucking Dylan's name out of the out of the raffle ticket or out of the, the basket. And I'm like, if I would have just wrote my name first and not put his in, yeah, I would, I would, or just at least, I mean, it that's it. It was a, the first shell I wrote on. So I was like, if I would just put my name, I'd have won. No, but, but people like that are just lucky. Like, 
Like Harry, Harry bought that picture. He won two guns that night. He won the gun the year before. Um, that second gun that he won that night, the other guy's like, "Hey, switch me tickets. You're always a winner." So he switched tickets with Craig, and be goddamned if he didn't win this. Craig would have won won the deal. Same story, you know. But some people like Dylan. I mean, they're just. Oh yeah, Dylan did win a turkey hunt too. Yeah, I mean, you're just <laughs> I lucky. Know. He he was so lucky that whole time. I well, think. that's uh, one of the guys that wanted to go. Uh, I, I I want you to meet these buddies of mine. You really like them. They're my pike fishing friends, and uh, well, they're more than that. But uh, just pike fishing friends. No, they're they're much. They were snowmobiling. I mean, God, the one kid I've known since I'm three. But besides the point, um, he's like, you need to come, dude. Uh, our the one buddy. He's like, he won like three guns last year. And I was like, all right. So yeah, that that didn't happen. So I was like, well, I guess dad, we got to just, which really sucked because from us going to our guys trip the week before, I had so much stuff that was dedicated towards different kind of fishing. And we had to build the podcast last week and all this other stuff. So come Thursday, I when we finally decided that we were going to do the tournament Saturday, um, was it Thursday? No, it would have been Friday night. It would have been the night before. I get home and I... Uh, because of you know Ramsey and I doing our weight loss stuff, I have special like food that I got to make, so uh, I can't just grab like bags of Doritos and shit to bring. So I I had to like make food to put in a cooler, and I had to make it also so like Dad would like it and it wasn't shitty. So I made all this food and then I had to go into the garage and then just swap all of my walleye fishing stuff over to trout and this and that and finally got it figured out. And the next thing I've run into is we've been trying to. Um, bring all of our things home from work for reasons I'm not going to talk about. Uh, but we brought home our sled deck on the trailer and Ramsey didn't help me get it off the trailer. So, and it's too heavy for me to do by myself. So I was like, at like 1030 at night, I'm like, do I drive this up to my aunt's house and hook a four wheeler up to it and yank it off the trailer? Or do I just say, screw it. And I just parked the tra- the four-wheeler next to the sled deck on the trailer. So I just ended up hauling a sled deck all the way to where I went fishing the next day because <laughs> I couldn't get it off of there. So we got all loaded up, and Dad rolls in. Well, this was such a – I'm going to tell so much of the story that's not needed. But Friday night – I, I got to go backwards. I'm sorry, listeners, for the, this. This is this is a this, this is, is going to be shitty, the first time. This is a shitty way to tell a story, but I'm going my, backwards I, now. I got my pillow here, so go ahead. Uh, Friday night, I'm go, I'm about to walk into the gym, and I had my phone down. I've been really bad about my phone lately, like because I've been trying to double my workload at work again for unknown reasons I don't want to talk about, um, and. Uh, I missed all these messages and missed calls. And I look, and it's it's our buddy Alan Taylor from Georgia. I'm like, what the hell? And he's like, are you guys okay? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I just making sure everyone's all right. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I call him, and he's like, dude, are you guys are you guys okay? And I'm like, what? And he's like, there's like explosions and stuff, and buildings. Oh, it's all balloon. over. The, he's like, it's all over the news. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? I was like, are you talking about the balloon thing from yesterday? He's like, no, go look right now. And some lady, did you see this? Some lady had posted about like explosions in the sky or something Friday night. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't hear shit. We're in Montana. I'm going to the gym. I They can blow whatever the hell they want up. I don't care. And so that happened. But like it makes you in a weird mental place when you're like, like, oh, what's going on? 
I'm coming home that night, going down the highway, and there's a black hawk flying over the the fucking highway, and it was just weird. So then I get home and ended up not going to bed till like two thirty that night. I was sleeping with the AR. I'm just kidding. I wasn't that bad. No, yeah, I, I was. was. <laughs> Did they ever explain what that was? It was like inconclusive or something. Yeah, it was. It was all over the news because. Cause I got calls that night too, like at I don't know, it was like midnight with guys from California that I know. Dude, are you okay? Did they blow you up? I'm like, well, I'm talking to you, but I'm in Colorado, so <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, turn the news on. So I got on XM and listened to it. It was some gal out of Billings that had some thirty second clip that was all over the. News. I watched it. I didn't. I didn't hear or see an explosion. I you have can, not seen that clip. You can like see it, like something falls out of the sky. It or almost something. looks like almost like a falling star. I mean, it's. I have no you idea. You know what I mean? I I was literally, the time she took that video, I was leaving work, and I didn't see or hear nothing. I definitely did not watch the video, so I... What did you learn from that with Riley right there? Don't be with Riley if you're scared something's going to happen, because he won't hear or see nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... I, it's kind of like when you're hunting with him, and you're like, did you see that big buck? He's like, he's like this. He's like, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That might be a. So, anyways, stretch, I, I'm gonna we're gonna get past that fucking comment. <laughs> um, so I didn't get to bed till two thirty. Dad rolls in at six. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I I do not want to leave right now. I'm so tired. So we end up leaving, and as as I walk out the front porch, I can feel a light breeze on my cheek. I'm like, nah, it's it's okay, not nothing nothing to worry about, and. Uh, it's, a, it's 80 miles from my house. The reason I did this tournament, other than the fact that, you know, we st- we've we all started to do more of those, and we're starting to... We've talked last week about how we were wanting to do some some boat ones. And it's just... It's fun. I think they're fun more than... I know I'll get into the tournament talk here in a little bit, but um, it's the closest one to our geographical location. That's why I want to do it. And by the time we get there... Um, the trees are bending over on the lake. The wind is that bad. And you got a sweatshirt. No, I was I was plenty warm. I'm sure Sean could guess what the problem about windy ice fishing is, as he has dealt with in the past. No ice house? Uh, ice house, stake down, stills. It's, it's just a rough time. So we get there, and I've never been here in my life. I've never entered a tournament other than the one we did, which was like way more... Like there was a centralized location that you had to go to. Like it was like a bait shop or something. This was just like on the on the beach. There was a camper, like a like a what do you call those? Like food truck? What would you call it? Like a <laughs> what? Uh, I, anyways, one of them trailers where you can like walk in and it's like a, a shop or something like that, kind of. It's not a camper. It's just a trailer with. Oh, I know. What you're yeah, yeah, about yeah. With the two doors. Yeah. So, um, and that's where you registered and everything. So we registered. It was. I'm not going to just tell you right now that like like we're not out here trying to sign up for like the ice fishing circuit. You know what I'm saying? This is like localized. Cool, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. That's definitely something we're looking at potentially doing if we get better at doing this. Um, it interests us. That's the boat talk, but. Like I know there's ice fishing circuit tournaments. This isn't that this is like a localized um club ran tournament. This isn't anything I'm not gonna front like we're doing anything special here, but it's it's a tournament regardless. 
um, you write down on a piece of paper your name, your address, your ALS number and stuff. You know, it's not, it wasn't anything crazy. And so at that point, after we register, there's already people fishing because we actually got there 10 minutes late, but <clears throat> well, I didn't think it was that big a deal. And so dad and I are like, well, I pulled up every time we go to a different lake and Sean and I have done this in the past. We look up the depths, mm-hmm. the depth chart online. And that way you can see if there's any different uh, shelf changes, places where you would most likely find fish. And the weird thing that I, and I, I don't know because I never fish this lake, but I would say 80% of the people fishing were right in front of the boat ramp, right in front. And I don't know if that was because it was easy access or because that was legitimately where more fish was. Dad and I ended up going about a hundred yards from the closest person on the edge of that group. And we were in our own little corner, right? And from previous trout fishing experience that we've had, I went to about eight to 12 feet. Okay. And I brought the ATV because of our fiasco the last Mm -hmm. time I wasn't going to have to deal with. It was just, we had such a miserable time pulling that sled manually last time that I said, we're bringing a four-wheeler. We get there. Um, you can pull the truck right up to the edge and you fish about 40 yards from where the truck's parked. So the ATV was really not needed. <laughs> but it was needed today because I had to strap the ice hut to the four-wheeler to open it and stake it into... The, and we didn't have the drill to put the mm-hmm. stakes in, so we had to hand put them in the ice. Uh, so it took about 15 minutes and uh, there was a point where I was strapping the uh, ice hut to the four-wheeler so it wouldn't blow away. And dad popped up one of the pop-ups and it slipped out of his hand. And that that tent, I'm not shitting you, if I hadn't grabbed onto the footwell of the four-wheeler, would have taken me 100 yards across the lake. I was like, like as like I was lifting weights, holding on for all. And I was like, Ramsey's going Ramsey's gonna to kill me if I lose his tent right now. Dad grabs onto it. We get it down. And the wind, I'm talking 40, 45 mile an hour winds. That's miserable. And it was so bad for the two and two people doing that. And that was you and Ramsey too, two people. Saturday uh, was horrible wind. I remember that. Yeah. And when you get in the hut because of how you had to do it to make sure it didn't blow away, the, the hut was not a square. It was more like, <laughs> it was like a trap, trapezoid. trapezoid. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're like, screw it. We got it. And you get in the ice hut. It's nice. Right. Right. And so we put two holes in there. And, and uh, I mean, it was just like, we got in there. We're like, well. This is better than sitting on the couch. Let's just enjoy our time here. So I do the usual, basically what we've been doing for trout for the last couple of years, doing about five feet down or three feet up off the ground, whatever. I was trying different depths. I was just trying to stay in that middle, like, you know, you're at 10 feet. I was trying to stay in that like three to five feet range. Mm -hmm. And I tried dad on like uh, a tungsten jig with half a worm, earthworm on it. And I did, um, just because I, the fly fisher in me, I've been really trying out um, tungsten fly jigs. And I just tipped it with a waxworm, just whatever. And I've felt like in the past that we've had more luck dead sticking for trout than jigging. So I just threw them in the dead sticks. And it was too windy. I was like, Dad, I, I know we need to set up some tip-ups because you could have one, you have two lines. So I could have one tip up a person. But I was like, dude, I don't want to go out. <laughs> I don't want to go out in the wind. So we sat there for a while and nothing happened for like an hour and a half. And I was like, man, I hope, cause you could tell that we were in a muddy area. And, and that's what also made me wonder those people at the boat ramp, if there's gravel over there 
And maybe that's why they were fishing it because maybe the trout were hanging out in the gravel, but I don't know. So we sat there for a while and right as I was about to do, like decide to do a tip up, I just started swiping through my phone. I'm like getting a little antsy. I'm like, we got like six more hours of, of, cause it is hard. We did, we had the same problem with the last tournament. We didn't really know where to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a benefit to not go too to off topic here of like how much we want to do boat fishing the spring and summer, because I think it'll help us find spots mm-hmm. for, sure. for ice fishing. And so I was like, man, I just, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with this because anytime I've caught trout, I just, I let it soak and I let it sit and, and eventually something happens. So I'm swiping through my phone and the same, same as last week I hear jingle, jingle, jingle. And I look down, I'm like, I was like, dad, did you just hear that? And I look in the hole and there's just a trout on my, on my hook. And I'm like, Oh, got him, pulled him up. Pretty good sized trout for, and then this lake's only maybe 400 yards across by 500 yards. I mean, I bet you it's the same size as the local lake we have in town, maybe like a third bigger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was so unexpected. And then I was like, well, I've never been in the position where I'm at a tournament and I have a fish. What do I do next? And I'm like, it's a trout. So you have to handle them so differently. I'm like, dad, I, like, I gotta go, I gotta go register this thing. Like, I was like, frick man. So I was like, we have a five gallon bucket. Cause I forgot the cooler that I was going to make a, I was going to make a live well out of. I bought a bubbler. So now we have a bubbler and every time we go and I forgot the cooler at home. So I didn't have a live well. <laughs> So I'm like, Dad, grab this five-gallon bucket. I said, I'm going to run out to the four-wheeler. I'm going to grab – I had a water bottle like about like this. And I go to I go to pour it out, and Dad's like, oh, just try to drink some – try to drink some of it. I'm like, Dad, I don't give a shit if I waste this. And I, like, dumped it out. And I'm sitting in the hole, sticking my hand in the hole, filling it up with water, filling the bucket. It took about eight times. My hand was about to fall off. Meanwhile, the fish is, like, in Dad's hands just like, hey, I'm still here. And – I get the bucket filled about half full, put the fish in there. He's still doing, he's still doing well. I've, I've done a lot of, as a fly fisherman, I, I've, I'm really, I really take pride in taking care of trout because they're a very delicate fish. <laughs> so then I'm like, holy shit, dad, we're like four or 500 yards from the fucking thing. And the four wheelers tied to the ice hut. So I grab my ice, my, I put my ice cleats on grabbed the bucket of fish and I just like waddled so I didn't fall over just as fast as I could like I was running in short steps all the way to the truck unhook the truck from the trailer start the diesel up put the fish in the back and I'm like I'm like god please please don't let the bucket fall over in the back of the truck so I'm trying to go as fast as I can because I'm just terrified this fish is going to die as slowly as I can but as fast as I can all the way around the bank up around onto the road, back down to the bank where the thing is, get the fish over there. And I opened up the back and I'm like, please, please, please peek in there. He's live. I'm like, Oh, thank God. So I go and I register him. And, uh, that was probably about six, seven minutes of trying to get this fish in. And he ended up being, I think it was like a one pound, 10 ounces and 16, 16, one or something like that, which, and again, this isn't like, I'm not catching as a fly fisherman who's caught some like seven, eight pound trout. I understand that this is nothing to brag about, but at this certain tournament, that was, I, I'm pretty sure I was like top five. Third place was a 17.1 inches. So, I mean, 16, I doubt there was that many in between. So I was, I was up there. Um, was this a, a two man team? No, it was individual. Oh, it was. And then, so ended up putting some tip ups up 
had some really good marks for the first time in a long time. Like I'm so solid red marks, lost some fish at the hole. Um, didn't register anything that was any bigger than that. Uh, but it was, it was a very cool, even with the circumstances, I know that was a long winded story that I just told. Uh, but under the circumstances, I, I really had a great time and I got to do it with my dad. So that was cool too. I really wish he, he didn't catch a fish. I really wish he could have, cause that would have made my trip. Um, cause he's still never caught a fish with a rod through the hole. He's caught him on tip ups, but not off the rod. Kind of the same problem I had a couple of years ago. So you just weren't putting the same, uh, tackle. No, it was, it was the exact same moment that we had with the Ling. The second I caught him on that fly jig, I was like, dad, I have one more. We're putting it right on yours. And then I don't know. It, I don't, I don't know. But I had one tip up at like 13 feet and one at six and I put earthworms on them and I should have maybe just kept the, the, the wax worms, but. Well, and I don't know. Trout are kind of hard because they could bite on, you know, that, that fly jig, uh, tomorrow. And then the next day they'll bite on a, on a, I mean, a crankbait with a half a mealworm or, or a worm on there. Was that right. what was mostly in that lake? Um, rainbows and, and brown trout, but there was also a kicker fish for musky. Oh, okay. But I didn't want to dedicate any of my lines to musky because from the research that I've done, um, musky are very hard to do ice fish with because they're, they're, they're obviously similar to a pike, but what they're not similar is uh, they're, they're slime freezes at a, what would you say, a hotter temperature or a cooler temperature? Mm -hmm. Basically, they're more susceptible to their slime freezing and their eyes freezing, so they stay on the bottom and don't eat for most of the winter. And I was like, I don't know if I want to dedicate a line to a fish that, I, I mean, it would be sick to catch. I've seen some some lake. I, I think we should all take a, a fishing boat up there this summer because some of the muskie they caught there were like giants. I'm talking like all over 40s. So no, I mean, and I I didn't see any brown trout caught either, which I've seen, again, I've seen pictures of the, there's big browns in that lake too. But, so for our viewers, Sean, is it better, like, now that Riley's been to this lake, something, if a guy dedicates, say, two weekends out of the summer up there to get to know the lake better with a boat, do you think your chances are better to go back and like ice fishing later? 100%. Okay. Because you find, I mean, once you find that swimway on, <coughs> through basically off a boat, you have a better chance of pattering, pattering, pat, patterning. Turning, that's the word, fish. Um, yeah. And because they're going to do the same thing through the ice. So it, I mean, it definitely helps your chances a lot by just learning um, swimways and depths and um, structure and things like that, for sure. Like the lake I go to all summer, if we could go on there with four-wheelers in the wintertime, it would be... <sighs> I wish we could ice fish it. It's also the scariest place to... People. Like people do go out there, but it's... Well, you know why people don't ice fish it, right? Yeah, because the water changes all the time. Yeah, because you could be all of a sudden drill a hole and then you're 40 feet above the water. What? Yeah. Yeah. Or 1,200 feet. Yeah. And if you fall through the, if you and, fall through and, the ice, and then the you're thing dead. Is, is, dead, dead. Is, is you might be on one chunk of ice and two hours later, the lake drops four and a half feet and you break through it to the next level. Yeah. And it's not like when you break through, like, like if you break through, you're done. Uh, when the water level's at the ice, you have your picks. You can just oh, I'm, I'm the ice. You can't do nothing when the ice is four feet up there. Because that 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 lake, like the same where we park our camper, Sean, will fluctuate sixteen to what twenty one foot a day. 
Yeah, that's scary to think, huh? Holy cow. And there's guys that still do it. And that there's some hardcore fishermen out there. But and, all them guys, they say they run like the first four feet from the edge. But there's nowhere to go. I mean, your canyon walls. I mean, it's not like you, <laughs> you can just walk up on the beach and wait wait for help. I think I'd go like four feet off the boat ramp, and that's the only ice fishing I would do. I, I wouldn't even do that because that's the, I mean, right right off the, once you get off the boat ramp, you're dropping 800 feet. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a different, that's a whole different lake, man. It's scary. People do it. And people, I've been seeing people ice fishing the Yellowstone River. Yeah. I've seen. That's like, terrifying that's to me. That's just crazy. Yeah. But, but the lake I go to, like for bass and stuff, I mean, if you could get on there and get up to that campground we went to, it would be. It'd be good fishing. Holy moly. But yeah, I think you make a good point because, and, I, and you actually, you missed last week when we were talking, we had a yeah. big boat talk. I don't know if you listened to it or not. Yeah, but, I did. Um, Sean is pretty dedicated to getting some some big graph systems. And I think that that would really pay, like what we're saying, where if you're in the summertime and you could graph and know where all the, um, what do you call it all the time? What you're trying to look for, for wall structure, structure. Yeah. Um, then you know where to go in the wintertime. The biggest thing that I think <laughs> the boat fishing, like back to Matt's question about it, what what it's going to help us with, um, basically going in from boat season to hard water season is we're going to be able to pattern lakes so much easier because the electronics that you can put on a boat, where whether it's a primary screen or a side screen, your sonar is so much different off a boat than it is on a Vexlar or even a, any any brand flasher. Right. Because you're not, you got to really know what to look for when when you're looking for structure on um on a Vexlar or something. You got to be able to pay attention to that stuff when you're on, you know, a primary screen off a boat you know exactly what you're looking at. And so the fact that if we, like what we're trying to do with the with the bass tracker, um, that's just going to benefit us all season for fishing. It's yeah. not just going to be, you know, that trip or that tournament. It's it's going to, I mean, it helps so much. Well, let's stay, let's stay on this subject. How what time are we at here? Oh, we're making good time. We'll take a break in about half an hour, I think. I'd like to stay on the topic of tournaments. Because, and then just fishing tournaments specifically, I don't think that a lot of the common anglers get to, or do them, um, but it's, it's something that's available for anybody at any time. And I want to talk about like, what is gaining our interest in doing more of them? And I'd like to start out by saying, by doing this one this weekend, which was, again, it was different than the, the ones we've done in the past because the ones we've done in the past was a little more... This is, is this going to make any sense when I say, like, corporate? Like, it was more... Like, there was guys there that, like, are professional ice fishers, man. Okay. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I got what you're saying. Do you think mostly we don't... There's not a whole lot of ice fishing, like, big groups, like, here compared to like Minnesota, like when I I'm driving through Minnesota, Wyoming, Lake Deschmet and stuff, and I mean there's ice houses as far as you can see. But do you think it's just because it's so dang far to go for us for most people to no, go from I, I place think, to place? I think the biggest reason that there's uh, so many more ice fisher or ice huts out there is the ease. You can go stick in Minnesota. You can go stick a, a permanent out for. I mean, I would think a month and a half or two oh, months. Oh, they've been at longer least. than that. But I mean, like in Long Prairie, Minnesota, it's 
got to negative twenty seven for a high. Right, and that that's what I think makes it. But it's easiest. also the, it's the state of like a, a thousand lakes or whatever. So like it's more of a popular. But I would say, from watching different social media networks that we're a part of, um, on Facebook and stuff, it seems like ice fishing is really picking up in in Montana. I think it is. It's just it's Montana is so varying on what the temperature can be, and so you could we could go two weeks with negative five degrees, and then the next week it's fifty, and that lake with eight inches could have been, you know, this week could be two. Well, the ice up there has to be thick because I mean these ice huts are like two and three story ice huts. Well, a lot of like those... like they got stairs going up into the next. Well, you level. lived in North Dakota for a while, yeah. so you probably uh, the big lakes up there you're probably familiar with. Some of those lakes and some of the northern Minnesota lakes, they have to have extensions on their augers to get through the ice. Um, I would say, I kind of lost my train of thought there. What were we talking about? The two-story ice huts. Um, I know, but I was going somewhere else before we talked about that. Oh, um, ice fishing tournaments as a whole, I didn't understand like what the excitement was for a long time. And and this goes with like walleye spring tournaments, summer tournaments, uh, bass. Like, I mean, I remember growing up as a kid and every time you, you, you would get on the like channel two on a Sunday, there would be like videos showing like these dudes doing bass tournaments. And I thought that was the boringest, dumbest shit. I've ever oh, seen. Oh, I was a hundred percent with you with just stand on the boat for four hours and you're watching them and they're casting and pulling in at 27 yeah. after experiencing something. I think that's awesome. I want to yeah. do, I think we should do it. A bunch like, like I'd go to freaking Nebraska and do a bass fishing tournament if we had the right boats. <laughs> well, I really want to get down to uh, with Alan. I think that'd be who. Oh yeah. Well, and then uh, so there was the one kid that um, when I shadowed my first year guiding with Dave, they had a kid that came up from Georgia with Alan, and he uh, he's a fishing guide down there, and I watch him on Instagram all the time, and the guy catches like eight nine pound bass. Yeah, consistently. Yeah, well, I just got pictures actually from a guy in California today. They were in uh, Mexico and they have an eighteen point one pound bass. Yeah, that's monster. Yeah, that's like that's like bass but, but, fishing but people are different them consistently. Like, where did you say that was in Mexico? Yeah, I've seen. There's a certain uh, place down there. I've seen yeah. that before. Where it's like a destination yep. fishing place for people. To catch. Yeah, yeah, he's got a boat. They go down there like every six weeks. He's got a house and a boat and stuff down there, but they're constantly, constantly catching. Is that a ghost beverage? <laughs> um, but like what I want to compare it to now that I did the, what I really liked about this one, and I think a lot of them are very similar, and I think a lot of the summer tournaments are the same. At the end, when you did the weigh-ins, there was almost an excitement because no one knows who's caught what and whatever. No one knows how much leg got it put in one or. Yeah, like the, the guys. <laughs> but you got to sit there and like hear third place and then second place and first place. And it was like fun. It's like, oh, I didn't make it, but it was still cool to see. I think the one that won was like three and a half pound, 19 inch, and, a, and a, a, an elderly woman caught it. Nice. So I thought that was cool. Wow. And, but the other cool thing is when you got there, with it was a, it was a club, like I said, that held an, uh, that made it happen. So, you were basically just donating the club to um, make, like they'll do cleanups on the lake, you know, cut trees and add benches. So it goes to good cause. Yeah, so it was, it was a minimum $20 donation. You could do 100 if you wanted. But you got a raffle ticket when you came. So before they did the weigh-in, or no, it was, it was right after the weigh-ins, they, there was uh, about seven, 
not massive gifts, but it was like fish scales, a, a tip up, um, a fillet knife, and and just for you entering the tournament, they were just drawing raffle tickets, which was cool. And then also, what was fun, we were sitting on the ice, and you hear a four wheeler roll up. It was a side by side. And they're like raffle tickets, 50, 50 tickets, just like pulling up to your ice hut. And so you bought 50 and there was raffles for like $400 to shield, like a hundred dollars to shields, like just all these cool stuff. And it really reminded me <coughs> of, I've been doing trap shooting competitively since I was 10 years old. So this is like, this is my 17th year. Um, and when you do like actual, and, and when you, we do ATA, which is amateur trap shooting association. So it's semi-professional. Like you're doing it for money, you're doing it for like your registered targets are online. It it's felt familiar, like it was a familiar feeling where it was like, wow, I feel that camaraderie a little bit. I feel that sense of like, um, like drive and competitiveness. And I was like, I want to keep doing this. You know, and like what you're saying about ice fishing. I mean, it it's just tournament fishing in general, and it, at least obviously because I don't have any experience tournament fishing in any other state but Montana, but tournaments that i've done um on boats in the past is it's kind of funny because i've been in situations with my team that there's basically it's a walleyes unlimited tournament on and they do this on a bunch of different lakes and essentially they have a live leaderboard that you can look at because it's like it's it's like a facebook live you know where you can pull it up and be like, okay, this is, you know. Oh, that one we did that one time. That, that, yeah. That. And this is like, this is turned in, you know, what whatever. Um, I've been in a position where I'm sitting in uh, first place with my team, four-man team, and an hour and a half before the tournament ends, we're like, oh, we got this in the bag, you know, we're bullshitting, just throwing our lines out, you know, whatever. Get back to the, um, the turn-in. Uh, register our last fish and uh, end up having a guy win the entire tournament because he caught a 35 inch walleye in six feet of water Hmm. an hour before the tournament ended and you're like your dreams are crushed you know it's just it's it's just cool because there's just so many different factors that could happen and that goes with a hard water tournament or off a boat and I think that this kind of atmosphere is definitely like more in your wheelhouse this is something that you're familiar with i i would definitely agree with that just because i didn't start hunting until i was 20 years old right um all i did was was fish my brother-in-law gave me a fishing pole when i was i don't know 13 12 13 and that's when i really because like i never i didn't do the typical thing like my i didn't go out and do like all this outdoor stuff with my dad um but yeah, after that, that's I literally fished more than I did homework, you know? So right. it's just one of those things. So, yeah, it's like I'm at 27 experiencing something that you have done your whole life, but, like, I'm, I'm getting this. I, I'm absolutely obsessed now that we've been, like, in talking about this, obsessed with this whole boat fishing thing and, like, doing tournaments and stuff. I, I It's all I can – like, I'm literally allotting so much of my funds now towards getting ready for this. Let me ask you guys this. For so, a boat? Yeah, I'm trying to buy a boat right now. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> he is. I'm trying to buy a. I found a 2010 tracker. I'm trying to buy. Yeah. But. Let me let me ask you guys this. So obviously you both were raised in a um, outdoors um, household, meaning you hunted and fished and fished, fished, fished. fished. Sean sounds like me tonight. It's hilarious. Um, but 
Would you say growing up <clears throat> in your preteens into your teenage years, even into your 20s, that fishing was kind of on the back burner to like you would do it, but it wasn't like it wasn't hunting. It, is that what you guys would say? Well, it was a lot different for me because, I mean, we were, we had fishing guides. I mean, we were guiding fishermen in January, February, March. Right. But as far as free time, though, like what would you rather have done? Oh, hunt for sure. You about the same? Well, I, my fishing life is so weird compared to everyone else. Cause like I said, like I've talked about when, when I was a kid, uh, Ramsey and I's fishing consisted of like going to a lake, standing on the shore and casting, uh, you know, spinners and maybe throwing out a bobber with a worm, uh, like once, once a month starting like May to June or May to July, we do it like three times a year. Fast forward to when I was like 14, Josh got me really into fly fishing. Right. So I just have a weird outlook on outdoor activities. That, and I've had this outlook since I was like young, probably 15 that I go through seasons of different excitement seasons when it's, when December hits, for a long time, it used to be waterfowl. And anymore, it's ice fishing. Um, so I, I get real excited. I allot all my time and money and effort and excitement towards ice fishing till about mid to end of February. I'll do my first steelhead trip the first weekend in March. It's already set up right now. I'm already ready to do it now. Then it'll be fly fishing till, I don't know, middle of June. And now I see that fly fishing is going to get overtaken a little bit by the boat fishing and the boat fishing will probably last until we start scouting for elk in early August. Well, yeah, yes and no, but boat fishing like up at the lake we go to where I took you guys last year, there's more fly fishing that Dave does up there than he does spin fishing or, or deep fishing. Well, and that's why I'm trying to make you a large know. emphasis on when we're redesigning this boat of ours to, to build out the deck a little further. So we have a platform to fly fish off of. I think the tournament talk's really cool. And I think that eventually we'll talk a little bit more about it the more we do. Um, my closing statement on it would be, I think that even when you're, let's just say the four of us go out fishing. And this has always been like a fishing thing in my life. Of the four guys on the boat, is not everyone trying to catch the biggest fish? And, mm. and you know what I mean? And the oh, absolutely. Fish? For sure. So why not do a tournament where you're where you're doing it against fifty people, and it, it just makes you more. You're not as mad at your buddy that catches bigger fish when you're doing it as a tournament. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. Like you always have the competitive nature, even with the, if there's two guys in the boat. I mean, why not take that competitive nature and throw it towards seventy five people? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I, I the money thing, I could give a shit about winning anything. I just think that the com, being able to being competitive towards fishing or um, I'm kind of glad they do, don't do it for hunting because it could get kind of weird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but for fishing, uh, it makes me better as a fisherman because I'm sitting there like I got to do. I, I have eight hours to catch fish today. I need to know every skill. You know what I'm saying? Like I need to have every bait and lure. And I think it makes you a better outdoorsman for sure. Uh, but we'll close with that. We need to go to break for a second. Uh, we've gone pretty far. Yeah, we're over an hour in today, so I think we're just going to come back and close with. I've been wanting to do this little top five list for a little bit. I think we'll close with that. Okay. Um, and then we'll be done for the day. So we will be right back.
I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors, F&H Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues, or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired, contact our friends at F&H Contracting and Fence by texting 406-661-7484. From front yards to farm yards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action. So we have a top five list. We've had mixed reviews from Lodge Crew members that we've done top five lists on. Some of them are are, uh, no longer going to be Lodge Crew members, but... (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Sean brought that up. Just lost 80% overnight. Um, Like the chip list. I had some feedback on the chip list. It went too long. I don't know. I like... I do... If you go on TikTok, there's a lot of people doing, do you know what a draft is? Like they'll do a guy go back and forth and they'll be like, all right, we're going to do a draft. So like you understand how an NFL draft works, right? Mm -hmm. You get a top, you know, first pick, second pick, third pick. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, you see what I'm talking about? For the audience, I don't know if I need to explain it. If you want me to explain it, comment comment somewhere. YouTube, Facebook. Um, MySpace. But on TikTok and on a lot of real things, there's a lot of people doing top five lists and stuff that really gains a lot of interest. And I actually find them interesting myself. That's why I thought the chip list was fun, the top five hunting meals. Um, and today I came up with this idea and I don't really know how to phrase it, but I think we're just going to have to start doing it to, to make the top five. So what I want to do is each of us are going to give three to four. We're going to go around in a circle. And from those three or four, we're going to rank the top five. And this list today is, I want you to imagine yourself. You're in a hunting or fishing. You're in an outdoor adventure. And you're doing all this, putting all this effort into something. And there's one moment, a sound, uh, a, vi- a visual thing, uh, something you're working a towards. Feeling, a feeling. feeling that in a matter of five seconds can make your trip feel like an instant hell. Or like an instant, like... Like your heart just absolutely drops, a noise, a sound, or whatever. And and you want me to go ahead and start? Go ahead. Yeah. False flag. Ice fishing, false flag. You're going ice fishing, and you finally get that moment where the flag rises. You get all the excitement. You run over there. Nothing on it. That's a good one. Who's next? We got to we got to keep oh, rolling. We're going we in order. We got to roll in order. Okay. I'm not doing three of ones. I'm going. We're going. We're rolling through here. Okay. Uh, easily, easily. Can't beat it. Got to join it. Dead sticking. Any type of fishing. Sitting on a bank. Dead sticking. Boat. Dead sticking. Seeing that pole. Dit, 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 dit. Grab the pole. Set the hook. Loose line. Hundred percent. Loose line is a big one. Yep. I think mine was when me and Ramsey put the boat in this summer to go fishing, backed it off the trailer, parked it, went, parked the trailer, came back, and the boat wasn't running. So um, field malfunctions. Mechanical um, malfunctions. Which side-by-sides uh, is also something you've dealt with oh, yeah. in the past. Every day. Um, I'm going to go... When you are calling in that bull or stalking that bull in rifle season, and the next thing you know is his nose is up in the air and his horns are back, um, and he's gone. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, yeah. that's like something it. we've talked about many times. The the bull nose to the air is a awful sight. I uh, I will come in with a somewhat of a match. Um, rifle season elk hunting. Spot a herd. Spot and stock. It miles to get to a spot to even get a shooting lane. Um, not jump. I'm not, I gotta say this because you'll understand this, but not jump the herd of cows, but get close enough that something happens and that lead cow picks her head up, doesn't d- distinctively look in your direction, but just takes off. Lead cow problems. Lead cow problems. Guess my next one since we're on elk is uh, spooky elk is the next one. I'm gonna go with. Uh, shoot, I had such a good one. Oh, when you hear after you've been calling for ducks for 10 minutes to pull them in and they flare at the decoys, flared ducks. Wow. We got to be writing these down. We're not going to remember any of these. I'm just going to have to remember the best ones. (laughs) Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Matt, go. I'm going to write this flared ducks. When you come down to the uh, river and you see it's all iced over. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, uh, Been waiting four days for that and get down there and they're like, yeah, there was water here last time we were here. I'm going to go with uh, loose knots. Do you know what I'm saying, Sean? You got a big fish on. Lose the big fish because of... uh, Improperly tied knots. Okay, I think I got them all. <sighs> Shit. I should have been should have been visualizing my next one. Um Shit. I'll go while you're thinking. Yeah, go. When you catch like a hundred plus pound paddlefish and your dad goes down the gaff and he misses with the gaff and cuts your line right in half with the gaff. So that would go along the lines of uh, Ramsey had this rookie mistake last week. It's the same thing. I would say we will call this improper landing. Yes, mm. it, it sucked. I cried. When you, it was horrible. Ramsey grabs Christian's line last week, which is a rule you should not do. When when fish are at the hole or at the bank, you never pick. You never grab the line. Boom. Fish gone. Gaffed. 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 Missed landing gaffed. problems. Uh, I mean, this is just a bread and butter. I can't believe I didn't think of this. Everybody does it. Everybody has, everybody has done this. Just a good old-fashioned bass set. And then lose the fish. And then lose the fish. The good old bass set. Um, I'm going to go with one we talked about at break. The I don't believe... I don't really know what they call this. I, th- I wanted to call it a snort wheeze, but I think that's what white-tailed bolt bucks make. It's the noise that an antelope makes when they've when they've had when you've been had. It's like a I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a crazy noise that they make, and you hear it, and you know, well, we're screwed. We just stalked an antelope for a mile and a half, and it's running. I got a uh, Dave bash. What do you think that could be? When you get to hunting camp. It's lunchtime, and you go to get the cooler out, and Dave forgot the whole cooler at the house. the lunch. <laughs> um, oh, let's see here. Uh, is there a turkey one? I mean, when you spook the turkeys, and they, they you know, just shuffle off. Flying That's, turkeys is always a bad Flying thing. turkeys. Flying turkeys is a is a bad one. Um, 
what about inter- wildlife interruption? You're out, uh, let's say you're bugling bulls in, cow calling bulls in, and all of a sudden- I heard the dogs come through you? <laughs> dogs would be <laughs> interesting. Uh, coyotes, wolves, something like that comes in, spooks them out. Coyote. Coyotes. Coyote. Hound dogs did happen last year, though. That did happen. Unfortunately. How do you- You don't know how to spell coyote or what? (laughs) My keyboard is... I can't type very well. C-O-W-A-T. Okay, we got... Let's do... We got uh, two, four, six, eight... We have around 12? 10, 12. Is there any more? We got to have one more, one more, one more apiece. Okay. Um... It's funny because we're going to be out hunting and fishing this year and be like, hmm, that would be We should great. do something about hunting camp. Hunting camp? Yeah. Um, when, uh, I don't know, that's tough. Usually I feel like with hunting camp, you always have something stuff so planned out that not a lot goes wrong that's not fixable. When you can't keep Oh, the- McCann- or, or, this is an easy one. Is bow hunting, Riley and I had this, I mean, it happened to me. I, I'd lost my stabilizer a mile back. Oh, Yeah. We were hunting one year and my freaking rest broke in half. Yeah. So let's go with uh um it's it's equipment malfunctions different than uh mechanical. Yes. It's uh it's different than uh machine breakdowns. And it, well well and it would come back to like Tyler last year when he pulled on that bull and he couldn't get his release to work. And his release broke. Yep. Or like think about um I had a client this year who luckily he had shot his deer. We were going to go field dress it. Carrying his gun over there, the bolt fell out. We didn't know. No, I done that with my gun after the first year I had a bull tag down the at the ranch. I pulled the jacket shell and I'm like, oh, I couldn't get the damn thing back in there. It wasn't the bolt. I say that it was uh, his clip fell out. No, we I couldn't lo- find it. Oh, I lost your clip too. Remember? Yeah, but you found it. Yeah, I did. I- <laughs> uh, we didn't find his. Uh, I know where it's at. We just got it's just covered in like river bottom. Uh, so yeah. Equipment malfunction, that's a yeah, good one. Yeah. Um, there's gotta be one more just really good one. Just something that you see that uh I mean I this one's gotta be just every outdoorsman's nightmare. I mean, the sun going down. Watching that big I get what you're saying. It, ground shrinkage. You're uh <laughs> that is a, that <laughs> ground shrinkage is a is a heart that's a good one. Sean's will also go on there. And I know exactly what he's saying. It's like 20 minutes before shooting light, you're like at that moment, like I'm, I'm trying so hard to kill. I'm trying so hard to hunt right now. And maybe it's the last day of the season or the last day you can go out. Lights out. And then lights out and it's over. So, yes. No, no that, that was us on that big bowl that was kind of up that canyon. 10 more yep. minutes we would have had him. Yep. Right. All right. So we have it together. That was a good segment. It was fun. I like the the quick quick action too. Um, okay, so this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull this up on uh, on this. It's, it's on Excel. Okay, it was the fastest thing I could get to. You. So, um, and sorry for any misspellings. It was a very quick segment here. So I'm gonna pull this up. We're gonna rank uh, top five, and then let's do. 
Let's do two alternates. Okay. okay. Top five. Okay. Uh, so top five and, and two honorable mentions. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. So let's. Uh, we'll go here. This is what we're at right now. We got flared ducks, lead cow, spook bulls, buddy blowouts, loose knots, loose lines, misgaff, bass sets, antelope wheeze, forget the lunch, flying turkeys, howls, machine malfunction, equipment malfunction, ground shrinkage, and lights. I love a lot of your analogies in there. Let's and just blows them out. Let's just roll right into it. Let's pick. Let's. Do you want to start with one or five? Let's start with five. Um, I, I, I want to give a top five and I want you guys to tell me what, what position you put it in. Okay. Uh, I'd like to put a vote towards, <laughs> bless me, uh, a false flag. I think it's just such a freaking hard I didn't even put that one on there. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, I just think it's such a heartbreaker every time, especially when you go pike hunt fishing and, uh, you have like 17 of them in one weekend. I'm gonna be honest. I can't put I can't put that in my top five. Okay, Matt. No. Nope. Okay. Okay. I think five one hundred percent has to be loose lines. I don't know about you. Yeah, and I and I think loose lines could be uh, right up there with the the the, the knot losing yeah. losing the losing the lure. Okay. So yeah, let's go loose lines. Do you five. like that five? I do. Okay, so we're gonna put we're gonna put loose lines. I'm looking at three different screens that are showing this right now. No, that's so fine. It's, it's fine. I got you. We'll go five, and then let's Ramsey's going to really see when he gets back how much we truly missed him. Right. You're doing a great job, though, as filming yeah. guy. Loose lines, five. We'll just... We'll, let me let me do this. Guys, the elk head up in the air has to be in the top five. Am I wrong? I'd say that's like more like two or three. Okay, let's say that. Let's say that. Okay, okay. Flare ducks, I'm, I, can't, I can't put it in there. I just can't. Missing the lunch, I'd have to say, is like number four. Let's do 10. Let's just do top 10. I mean, we got... Let's just do that. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, come on. We have to. Because we're going to post this on Instagram. Yeah. So let's go... Let's go... I do last lunch like at a seven because seven. It, is, it is pretty bad when after Loose you've had lines. a whole day. Okay. Before we pick our top 10 right now, okay. let's... How many are on the list? Uh, Two, four, six, Why eight, Why don't you go on the top 10, of G and 12, do Riley, 14. H, U, I, me, and do each one's top 10 and see who... I think I think we should elim- eliminate all but 10 right now. Okay. There we go. Two, four, six, eight, 10, Unfortunately, 12, 14, I don't have 14 16, 17. So there's 17. We need to eliminate seven right now. Oh, my glasses with my lens that fell out. 17. So we need to eliminate flying turkeys. Two flying turkeys. Yep. I'll agree. That's uh, a delete. My lens fell out of my glasses. Howls. Let me see if I can uh, do this correctly. Here we go. Howls. I second, I second that. Howls. I, yeah. I will agree with that. Okay. Excel not being fantastic. Let me do this. Here we go. Have you ever tried Word, my friend? No, not insert, you freaking son of a... Wait, wait. Delete. So, someone someone, go fund me uh, Word for Sean, please. Uh, <laughs> Microsoft Word. I still can't read them. It's awful. Boy, that buddy blowout was a bad one. I can't get rid of that one. So um, we need to get rid of one more, right? We're at 16. We're, what are we at? No, What's that? we need to get rid of seven. Can Two, you just read the, can you read the, the wheeze? We could get six, rid of the wheeze. I, seven, I'm good with the wheeze. Eight, ten. But that's such a that's such a heartbreaker. It is. Well, they're all heartbreakers now, so we really have to get serious, boys. Um, just start reading them to me because I can't. Flared ducks, lead cows, spook I bulls. I can get rid of lead cows. Lead it's, cows it's the same thing as the bull. Yep. Okay. All right, you fucking 
Hey, we're down to business right now. What's the next one? Uh, spook bowls, buddy blowouts, hey, loose. Okay, I can get rid of loose knots though because I tied it into the same. Yeah, I to get yep. rid of that. Okay, delete. So then we have two, four, six, eight, ten, thirteen, twelve, thirteen. So okay, so we got uh, loose lines, loose knots, Miss Gaff. I would say I would say roll Miss Gaff into like uh, Miss uh, Miss Landing. Miss Landing. Okay. Yep. Uh, bass set. Take that one out. Yeah, I'm good with that one. Wow, you fucking savage. Antelope wheeze. I, I, I'm going to put my vote in for that one. Forget the lunch. Machine malfunction, equipment malfunction, ground. Equipment malfunction can go because that, that should be the same as machine. Let, let's, yeah, we should just do, uh, instead of malfunction, machine, just keep just equipment. Yeah. And we'll, keep, we'll keep machine under the same category yep. as equipment. Okay. I can put that in there. How many we got left? Did we just get rid of too many? <laughs> no, we got to get rid of one more. What are the last three? Good drainage? Is that what that says? No. Ground shrinkage is pretty bad. Ground we shrinkage, lights out, now. and false flag. Lights, uh, false flag's got to go. I think it's got to go. Really? I really love that one. <laughs> I really like that one a lot. That's fine. Yeah, it's got to go. I, I killed one of Sean's dreams. That's it's fine. So now do we have 10? 2, yes. 4, 6, 8, 10. Okay, so we got 10 here. Let's go number 10. Right now, I'm going to just throw this out there, and I'm going to put Miss Gaffs at 10. Yep, yep, I agree. Full, Matt? Full. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Okay. Can we call it, can we call it what we want to call it, though? The Miss Lands? Let's come up with something clever. Uh, Is there a double L word? Unlucky Lands? No. Lullaby Lands. No, that's awful. <laughs> uh, Lackadaisical Lands. Dumb hits. Dumb misses. Just call it. Get, I'm gonna call, call it. We call it. Gaff miss. Dude, I need my other. List. I'm gonna call it. You didn't land. Yep, I like that. Okay. Does see my lens no. All right, all right, we're good. I'll just. And number nine, I would go with the wheeze. Antelope wheeze. Okay. Yep. I. <sighs> you want to go higher? It's so hard. It's hard for me to not put the animal ones up higher. I know. Because I feel like that's like, as a hunter, that's like the things that I'm like, ah, oh, it just makes my heart hurt. Man, that's tough. Eight? I would put flare ducks at nine. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Classic Sean. <laughs> put flare ducks at nine. Well, I'm okay with that. Are you? Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay, so we're at nine there. Okay. And then uh, eight, I do buddy blowout. Okay, yeah. Buddy blowout at eight. Yeah, but you guys don't hunt with after, Ramsey enough to to feel the pain of this. After okay? you say that, and after you, like, now that we talk about that, there's a lot of instances in life where I can look back on, like, friends that, uh, and this happens with duck hunting a lot, because you're not supposed to show your eyes, you're supposed to hide, and you go with these friends that don't duck hunt, and they'll flare everything because they're they're buddy blowouts. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good category. Okay. I do like it at eight, though. I'm going to go antelope wheeze at seven. Yep, I agree. Yep. I think I'm gonna be honest. I don't think forget the lunch can be in top five. Agreed. Put it at six. I would almost put that. I don't know. I can ruin a day with clients when you forget that lunch. It makes for a long goddamn day. I like it at six. I, I mean, come on. Can you, can, uh, you, can you sit? Can you tell our audience I, what the last five are? Uh, last five we have right now: is spook bulls, loose lines, loose knots, 
machine slash equipment malfunction, ground shrinkage, and lights out. Can, can, can we? Uh, God, I want to do number one so bad right now. No, like, uh, uh, we have to wait. One, I, I like ground shrinkage at five. No, that's pretty bad. That that that's like that's got to be like three. I don't think so though, because I, I mean, don't think it's that bad. I don't think it can't be that bad. Four. How about that? We'll, we'll go in between. Four. Matt wants three. I want five. We're going four. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, gonna. Pu- I I have to. Th- I have to throw this in there. <sighs> I do like it in the top five. Loose lines, loose knots. Got to be five. Uh, I'll go with that. Okay. What do you think? I'll go with you. Okay. I got a three. Uh, what and do you guys think three about is equipment? lights out? Uh, that true. Yeah. No. 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 I can't no do that it. equipment. You guys were with us. I know when we were turkey hunting and we had two malfunctions, and it sucks. I think we got to put that at three. Uh, I'd say more. What would be two? Lights out? No, because lights out, I mean. I like lights out at three and equipment fail at two. Yeah. Okay. And then that leaves us with. Spook holes, which. Spook holes sucks. Was my number. My heart hurts right now because I can just picture so many times. But, but, but Sean has only had the, the privilege of having malfunctions with the ranger one time because you're only out there one weekend no that is not okay at that property yes but we have also had very many equipment slash but it's a long walk out and like when riley gets stuck on a hill at 11 o'clock at night it's got to be in the top yeah it's not even just the ranger i mean yeah. think about when i jackknife matt's truck this year <laughs> that was awful that was the worst no i i love that list right there boys i love it you think All so right. I do. Is there any changes at the end? We I had, don't have one change. We had we, we were supposed to do two alternates, but <laughs> well, that's fine. Take two alternate. Let's just do one honorable mention right now from the, from what we talked about tonight. Lights out, then. Lights, Lights out, out is in the top five. Three. It's in number oh. three. Outside of the list. Oh, outside of the list. Uh, I'll go flags is an honorable mention. False flags. Let's I, go. I will. I mean, it is a bitch. All right, signed, sealed, and delivered. This is our top ten. Uh, what would you say? Heart dropping moments in in the outdoors. Yeah, and I think there's a lot more. If you can come up with any other uh, suggestions, comments, whatever, comment uh, wherever we're at YouTube down in the comment section below, uh, Facebook on this post whenever it comes out, um, and TikTok or wherever you want to just tell us when on this list here uh, what you think. If we missed any, if you like our list. Um, and let's let's try to stay away from the heartbreak, but we're just acknowledge that it's there. It's it's always gonna be there. So that was a good top five. I like top that. ten. We change it to a top ten. It's funny how a lot of these things, even uh, our all of our segments, side segments, always turn into like day of rules, yeah. Tur- trivia, all of it. But uh, thanks for checking out the Bull Mountain Brothers podcast. Turkey raffle tickets are still available and will be for the next month and a half. Um, Someday, Sean and I will get our store-wide discount out. Uh, we've been working on that. Uh, a lot of... We've been working on so many side things uh, for the company. Tons. Uh, 2023 is going to be a big year. A lot of cool things that we can bring to you. Uh, check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, did I say YouTube? YouTube. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere. Um, email us at bullmtnbrothers at gmail.com. If you got anything to say, we'd love to hear it. If you want to buy a raffle ticket and you're not a big social media person, get a hold of us there. Yeah. uh, Our email is kind of our way to talk to you. So check us out. Thanks for listening. Booking if you want to come on. Yeah. 
if there's any listeners out there, Sean brings a good point. We're booking constantly, trying to get guests on here all year long. We're almost booked for the first six months. But if you think you have an interesting story or you'd like to come on and chat with us, hit us up on our email. For now, we're going to head out. Before I head out, I always do this every week. Ramsey would be dying right now because I extend the outro so long. Next week, we have rescheduled a guest we were going to have last week. Um, It's not going to be in studio. It's going to be our first Zoom interview. Um, But check that out. He's an awesome guy, owns an awesome company. It's fishing-related. And uh, we think it's going to be really cool for for the audience. So uh, we're excited. And uh, as for now, we'll catch you on the next one. Check you out next week. See you later. See See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Bull underscore Mountain underscore Brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at BullMountainBrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.